Hi, this is Dr. Kimberly Leonard, and you're listening to Incredible Life Creator Podcast. Today, I have two guests that are connected in some way, and you're going to find out all about this on this podcast. So I'm really excited to introduce them. We have Kip, Kipling Luke Sanders, and we have John Eagleton on today. So let me just start out by introducing Kip, and then I'll introduce John. So Kipling Luke Sanders is an author and speaker. Kip thinks of himself as a chosen child adopted as a baby. His amazing adoptive parents provided him with a life of education and access. Kip has his master's in aviation science and is a tennis instructor. Despite these exceptional opportunities, Kip experienced a life of challenges brought on by his own self-doubt. It's these hurdles that drove him to find balance and success by turning tragedies into triumphs. He has crafted these life lessons into engaging books for children and adults. Kip continues to inspire with this message of confidence, world peace, and love through a revised perception of oneself. And now John, John Eagleton is a co-founder and executive director for tennis at Sports Ed TV. John has devoted his life to tennis, both as a player and coach. Growing up in South Africa, he identified tennis early on as an avenue to use his athletic talents to see the world and broaden his horizons. After achieving the number three world junior ranking, John headed to the University of Miami and became one of the school's best players ever. John beat seven NCAA champions and competed on the ATP tour achieving top 250 rankings in both singles and doubles. Sidelined by injury, he refocused his tennis efforts on coaching. He ran two tennis academies. He coached Grand Slam winner and fellow South African, Ellis Ferreira, who reached a career high number two ranking in doubles and a number 212 singles ranking. Now John spends his time with the talented sports ed TV coaches and contributors to bringing leading tennis instruction ideas and content to people across the globe. Welcome to the podcast, gentlemen. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Great to meet you. Thanks. So excited to get into this. So we already know you're both connected by tennis, but there might be other connections. So let's just find out. So um, I... I'd like to start out by just giving you each of a each of you a chance to kind of tell me your story, like, you know, who you are, you where you started out. I did do your bio, but just kind of in your own words. So, Kip, why don't we start with you? Tell us about you, where you grew up, and how you got into doing what you're doing now. Okay. Um, well, my name is Kipling Sanders, and um, I was actually adopted. I was born in a big city called Seoul, South Korea, and adopted by an Irish. Catholic mother and a Sicilian Italian father in lower Manhattan. And uh, my mother, she had the privilege of um, founding a nonprofit organization. And she worked for the, uh, this was called the Lemur Conservation Foundation, which is part of the inspiration for me writing the book, The Wonderful Adventures of Lemur Blue. But my mother, she also was a singer and she was a uh, actress on Broadway. She was in Jesus Christ Superstar. That she played Mary Magdalene. And then she also is like a phil phil philanthropist where she's founded the nonprofit organization. And so basically, 
um, I feel like I'm achieving my dream. I feel like I'm achieving and fulfilling my dream finally of becoming a published author um, as a writer among people in the arts. So after all, I was named after a writer, Rudyard Kipling. And uh, I have four other books coming out in the making that I'm working on. The second book is coming out by the spring of 2022. And that's an uplifting, feel good, real good, positive um, solution for what a lot of things are, that are going on today. My uh, book is on sale on my website. It's uh, lemurblue.com. Um, the ebook is on sale for $9.99. And then the soft cover, uh, the soft cover is $14.99. And then the hard cover is $19.99. But um, with that, you basically get um, QR codes and you get a whole set of free tennis lesson videos as well that goes along with that. So those are well over a good few hundred dollars or a thousand dollars. But it's a, it's a good book. It's a good read. I recommend it. And um, that's pretty much all I have to say. Well, that is really unique. You buy a book and you get tennis lessons. Yes. That is really cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's pretty nice situation there for a lot of people. They get the opportunity to learn and they learn from people who have played at a very professional level and hide some of the best coaches in the world. So it's a really beautiful project that Sportsed TV does as well. That, um, that really is beautiful. I'm also a speaker in the beginning stages. I've dabbled with Rotary Club and the Kiwanis Club and Toastmasters uh, Club. Toastmaster is more of a speaking, public speaking um, group. And Kiwanis and Rotary are more community oriented where they do some volunteer work and they help the community become a better place and help out uh, with like minds, people that are driven to help the world become better. Awesome. And that seems to be a, a very strong theme in your life, helping people, yes. making the world better. Yeah, that's, that's key to my life. I, I really feel that's my purpose here on earth, to tell you the truth, just to help bring light to someone's world or to bring knowledge, whether it be from my own past experiences or from experiences of someone else that we see on national TV. But um, what, whatever the case may be, um, people need to be helped. And there has to be a, a solution to a lot of the things they have going on today. And um, my second book has a lot of those solutions. So I'm excited about it. That is um, which brings me, I'm sorry, oh, go ahead. which also brings me here today with uh, John Eagleton, Coach John e Eagleton. He's a great man. And now with Sports Ed TV, um, they've helped a lot as well. And they have heart to uh, give back to the society and help out where help isn't and to help the world become a better place. I keep reiterating that, but to provide educational articles and blogs on awareness and key vital information that people could learn um, for, for, um, for people. And they also provide uh, professional sports coaching videos as well of multiple sports. So it's really exciting. That really is exciting. So uh, the first question I had for you when you were talking is why an author? Why was it your dream to be an author? What could that do for you? Well, um, an author would be more or less a stepping stone for me, a building block uh, to build a bridge 
to get to the other side. It's like, why did the chicken cross the road to get to the other side? And my getting to the other side is providing awareness and knowledge to people where there are errors that they can be corrected and they can be edited. And I've learned some tools myself where I've learned some um, concepts or practices or tools in the toolbox or whatever you want to call it, just like things that I haven't known before. And I just know if the world is aware that they will benefit. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So it's your way to disseminate your message and to help people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so cool. Um, like basic, yeah, go ahead. I'll keep going. When you have a thought, just keep going. Okay. Okay. Um, I was adopted. Um, and when it mentioned chosen before, I wasn't chosen in like an ego way, like, oh, I'm better than you or, or anything like that. And not in an egotistical way whatsoever, more by way of gratitude and appreciation. Um, my mother, she's Irish and, uh, you know, and my father is Italian. So I really grew up in Americanized family in the 1980s. And my father owned a few restaurants. So, you know, it was pretty interesting. One of his restaurants was called Kipling's Last Resort. And um, then there was a fire. They had to change the title and it was called Chinese Chance. And then um, he also owned Bebop in the village as well. So he owned three or four restaurants. But um, my mother was more the creative type. Um, nevertheless, I got exposed to some of the arts and culture and creativity um, in Manhattan, in New York City. I know Miami, where John is located in Sports Ed TV, they have a lot of art and culture down there as well. Mm -hmm. um, basically, the arts and entertainments. I got to meet Ellen Green, who was Seymour in um, The Little Shop of Horrors in that movie. And then her boyfriend actually played the man-eating plant that was in that movie who also played Snuffleupagus in Sesame Street oh, wow. so it was cool I got yeah I got to learn some you know get to meet behind the scenes stuff in New York and a few other people too but um, it's not worth going on about yeah yeah so cool so cool so um let's move over to John so um John why don't you tell us your story you, you have a totally different story where tennis was your life. So why don't you tell us about you, how you started out, how you got to be doing what you're doing now? Well, yeah, as a kid, uh, I was really a multi-sport sort of athlete in the sense that we play a few different sports there. I was the captain of my rugby team. I was the captain of my cricket team. I was the state champion in tennis. And so, you know, I'm 10, 11, 12, 13 years old trying to find my way. It seemed like sports was my life. Uh, obviously, schooling was pretty tough in those days in, in, in South Africa. So I'm from Florida, South Africa. I went to Florida High School in South Africa. That always confuses people because I'll end up in Florida, Miami, at the University of Miami in Florida. <laughs> Africa, which was known for its beautiful uh, hills and, uh, and gardens. But so, yeah, so then I was state cricket team and I was selected and they picked 12 people and I got there first because it is important to get there first and that day uh, my life got changed. I'm, I'm, I'm in cricket where they only play 11 people and as I arrived at this big stadium 
they said, well, somebody's got to sit out. And a guy pointed at me and somebody said, well, he was first year and he's pretty good. He shouldn't sit out. He said, well, somebody has to sit out. So there I find myself in training. I'm in, you know, I'm playing rugby. I'm in team sports and also do at that time a little bit of tennis. And after sitting for six hours there, I got up and decided that I'm never going to play another sport where I can control my destiny. It was a strange feeling as I actually left that stadium and then dedicated my life to tennis. I, I, I like the idea of tennis because I can control the outcome. Uh, I was responsible for what I do. I really had to coach myself. In those days, I had a Rod Labor flip book and I could flip these pictures and I would sit there on a the chair and I'd use those pictures to learn the game. And so, therefore, my tennis career starts. And um, I love the fact that we had a circuit there and I would meet people that were internationally. And by the time I'm 15, I'm literally almost playing on a professional level. And my goal is to get to America. So it was a simple goal. If I have been number one in my country in the juniors, mm -hmm. then my best ticket to pick the right school in America. So... At the end of the day, uh, I picked the University of Miami. And so I arrived in Miami as a, a you know, a, a tennis player. Uh, the week before that, I won the World uh, Singles, Doubles and Team Tournament in uh, Costa Rica. I was also in the Air Force uh, that year. So a lot of different things happening before I got to America. Wow. So why America? Why was the goal America when you grew up in South Africa? Well, America was tennis. There was a magazine called um, sort of World Tennis. And when I saw the pictures of it, uh, yeah, the landscape in tennis was very different in those days. America had 46 of the top players in the world ranked in the top 100. Today, they have a few because uh, tennis has become much more global, right? Mm -hmm. So the U.S. was a dominant country, winning a lot of grand slams. And... Uh, America was the world of tennis, you know, even though Wimbledon was the tournament and that was the English tradition and you had the French Open, but America was where the land of opportunity, still the greatest country in the world, still the greatest place to do great things. Just think about the great things that's happening to Kipling here. So Thank you. the land of opportunity, look at this great conversation we're having here only in this great country, right? Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. Yes, sir. Exactly. So um, tell me about this sports ad TV that you're doing now. Yeah, about seven years ago, I decided to write uh, a book uh, on the modern day game. And I was traveling around the USA and I met uh, with a guy that owned a Christian school. Uh, it was in Bradenton Inspiration Academy. We had a meeting, uh, they had movie production, and for a year and a half, I sat there scripting videos on how to teach the modern day game, and we filmed it in movie production, but that translated into sports aid TV. Uh, we had, a, and I have some of the best people in the world that has been able to direct me. I'm very fortunate. God sent me the blessing of Robert Kelly, my partner, Robert Bolt Sachi and Sachi. We have Victor, the CEO, who Bull Darkfish in 138 countries. We have another team player, uh, Victor. Um, you know, so Victor is, is Darkfish. Then we have Sasha, which is the media company, executive digital. So I feel like God provided me 
and put different people in my life, just like I met Robert at the tennis tournament, uh, just sitting down by accident. Mm -hmm. Then one day we had a meeting and we realized that the sports is literally the biggest item in the world, but we must be a multi-sport platform. And we realized there was a big need mm -hmm. for sports so that we can even the playing field. Mm -hmm. It seems like a lot of great people, a lot of great athletes succeed because they have money. You can see that the U.S. wins a lot of Olympics. Yes, they have great athletes, but they have more money than other countries. So for me, Sports Ed TV as a platform, even though I the original videos, it's not about me. It's about getting the best coaches in the world in basketball, soccer, taekwondo, you name it, film them in movie production. And now... We have a platform where we are in every country in the world for free. And anybody can watch the best coaches in the world without paying for it. So Sports Ed TV, uh, we are in every country in the world. And in one second, many times, 500 people are watching our videos. So, And we also have a foundation now. I started the Champions for Africa. So for me, I feel like God gave me this chance to impact the world to make a difference. And for me, it's always about kids. And that's also why I'm so excited, uh, you know, about working with Kiplin. Yeah, I'm happy to be the coach of the Lemurs to make the world champion, especially in the Big Apple, New York City. Yes, I'm sir. Like, I met this in I got a little feel for New York. But more importantly, Sports Ed TV is a platform that is going to, change the, the is, is changing the world of education whether it's for blogs or video production uh, so so i'm very excited and excited about the foundation as well mm -hmm. what do you think it is about sports that unites people because right now in the world different places there's a lot of division you know people are dividing or thinking they're different than other people when we're really we're, we're we're all the same we look a little different but we're we're all the same what is it about sports that unites well i think when you you play on a on a team sport you know you unite with your team but you can see when you look at the olympics and they're playing in the volleyball as serious as the competition is in the end everybody stop and they they shake hands because you create not only the competition, you create winning and losing, but also you create relationships and you create respect. So, you know, when you are competing against other athletes, if you don't respect them, then it's very difficult, you know, to, to succeed in life. And even for people that are, you know, uh, like for sports at TV, we're about that person on the street that wants to, I want to beat my brother. Like I always wanted to beat my brother. He just is always a little better than me. You know, I also want to beat my best friend, you know? So now people all over the world have a free place that they can compete, but sports brings people together. People want to compete, but then they want to get along. And, and sports has always been the greatest promoter in terms of, bringing people together look at the olympics i mean that's really undescribable right just the impact of what does a uh, female golfer from india have on india right so sports have huge impacts people need people to look up to we've been blessed in tennis with great role models many other sports you know Nadal, federer different people like that so 
sports grade role models and 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 then you also have uh, international where the countries compete i mean it's just a, a, a joyous thing right mm -hmm. look up to the university of miami you know we have bad attitudes at the year right i'm sure you've seen the 35th you and the bad attitude right but all of those things are great it's culturally good it teaches you to compete uh, it teaches you work ethic and it teaches you to accept winning or losing yeah mm -hmm. exactly and then there's that piece just about play i mean as serious as sports can be and as competitive and sometimes cutthroat as it can be when it comes right down to it there's that piece of sports that is play that there is that fun piece in in it that you don't see in every profession or everything that you do well it creates lifetime friendships right mm -hmm. you know um in Miami, the Florida Gators are not our friends, but now my best friends are from other teams. If anything goes wrong for me, I hear from people all over the world. I hear from my Alabama competition, my Texas. So sports just brings people together, but it's bigger than that. Sports create lifetime relationships and an experience that you take for you for the rest of the life. And like Kipling was saying, a lot of this book is about finding yourself, you know, being able to be comfortable with yourself and, and being able to succeed and sports just brings all of those aspects, you know? Mm -hmm. So how did you meet Kipling? How did this connection happen? I was running an academy in Sarasota and uh, Kipling was at the same club and I would see Kipling there. So, I, you know, I, I feel like Kipling saw me working with a lot of different kids and uh, different ages and different levels. And, and so I'd also seen him in Bradenton. But I'm going to let Kiplan talk a little bit about this because it's, it, it's about him and it's about the book. And I really believe in this book because it's about kids. We're talking about how sports bring it together, but one of the biggest needs in today's world is good kids' books that are positive, that have values in it that can make a difference. So people, I'm going to let you uh, start there and tell me how, well, you know, that what it, you probably just saw me the feeding bolts, right? <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, to take, take over that question, um, how did I know um, or meet John Eagleton and what was it about him that inspired me to model a character after him? Um, oh, that's the connection. You, you didn't say that earlier. So you modeled a character after him. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, because um, I basically am a creative guy and I wanted to come up with an animal character. And Eagleton is just right on the script. It, you know, you couldn't pluck a better, a better feather, you know. <laughs> so it's just prototype in, um, you know, an all-American bald eagle representing a coach for a book out of what's supposed to be representing a city of Manhattan. Um, kind of like Batman has Gotham, mm -hmm. but um, basically I really liked his style of coaching. Um, and then I liked his toughness and I liked his kindness all at the same time. At that point, I realized that because of that, the character coach Eagleton could be created. Mm -hmm. So ultimately it was a wonderful start. And um, Basically, Coach Eagleton provided Blue, the main character of the book, the opportunity to learn um, the basics of tennis and to compete at a higher advanced level, which John Eagleton knows about as well. 
um, but also to teach him some very valuable life lessons as well that he could take with him. So it's about on the court and off the court. It's about in the school and outside of the school. It's about being smart and aware. And I think I, I just wish that the world today can start to have more awareness of, um, of where we're, of how we're, you know, interacting with each other. I think there's a, I have a challenge where I feel like the people aren't treating each other well. And so what do I want to do? I want to go fix it all. You know, that's just my heart wanting to help the world. But um, nevertheless, back to John, um, a tennis player has to learn discipline. They have to learn responsibility. They have to learn um, to attain things at a high level necessarily. And they have to be able to learn just like in life from our mistakes as well. So it's a really uh, nice relationship, um, friend, business friendship um, that I've developed with John. Um, he's a stand-up coach. I like big timers. He's a big time guy. And, uh, you know, I couldn't be more proud or more happy to have chosen John to be the coach of this book. And I hope that it helps take him places as well, where he can inspire other people in positive ways um, throughout his, the course of his lifetime as well. For that too, I also want to tell uh, Dr. Kimley about our first meeting. I mean, it seems like it was seven or eight years ago. Kipling walks in there very quietly, asked me if he could speak to me. And we said, this talk to me about lemurs. And I'm from South Africa, and I do understand that lemurs mostly live in Madagascar. And uh, uh, he says, I want to write a kids book, and I want you to star in the kids book. And we had a few pictures and graphics. and. But I've also got to congratulate him on his determination. I mean, it took two years later, I looked at more graphics, more pictures. I mean, he was determined to get this right. Everybody thinks that every time you just make a few pictures, but he worked so hard and was so dedicated on getting the result. But the, and, and, and it's amazing the work you've done. But Thank you, John. Result is because the culture behind the whole thing is about promoting, and, and it turns out that I don't think you could have released this book at a better time, Kipling. And, and, and you know, I'm gonna raise my hands up here and say because the world really needs this book, and kids need something, and, and they need more, more books. So I hope you do another 20 books. But yeah, it started out with an idea, and yeah, I kept in my head, and I'm watching Kipling. and. Uh, at the end of the day, we're all different, and Kipling is Kipling, right? <laughs> individual, <laughs> a rare individual. <laughs> individuals, right? And um, I have a feeling that Dr. Kimberly is also, you know, got her mindset from looks like all the great stuff she's doing to make a difference. You know? Well, yes. thank you. So now, John, you have a copy of the book there. Why don't you, um, yeah, on the podcast, people won't be able to see it, but on YouTube, they will. So why don't you hold that book up? And um, yeah, and just tell us about it. So yeah, maybe it. open the pictures and, and show us where are you in the book. <laughs> we want well, to see it. <laughs> it starts out where, you know, also they introduce Kipling. And, and this uh, is a QR code. barcode uh, to get to a video, right? Okay. Yeah. That's for the tennis videos. Okay. Starts out in New York, um, there his family, and uh, you know New York is not the warmest place at times. But he's trying. 
getting found our way and uh, keeps wanting to learn sports. And so at some point in time, you know, I believe, you know, he gets introduced to the big ball. There you are, the big ball in the lever with the long tail. <laughs> Look at all those tennis rackets. <laughs> long, lanky tail. Uh -huh. yeah. So, um, yeah, so I'm, I don't mind being the eagle, I guess, uh, because <laughs> that was good, right? <laughs> yeah. Great. The pictures are wonderful. You had a, a wonderful il illustrator and... Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much. I know that'll attract kids because it, it's very colorful. Oh, and there's all those yeah. QR, QR codes in the back, it looks like. Yeah. With the QR codes, if you just click them with your phone, it'll open up a video on your phone or iPad. And are they just computer. individual lessons, like on different things? Yes. Yeah. It talks about basically forehand, backhand, um, slice shot. I'm not sure if it has slices in there, but serving, warm up. Has John put warm up um, in there as well, just to get kids knowing how to practice in the beginning because not a lot of people know that you start halfway up from the net from the uh -huh. baseline actually to warm up it's called mini tennis mini huh. tennis so um yeah he put a lot of great um videos in there as well sports Ed did a class act job of uh work on their end and uh yeah john's got some pictures in there but, but tell one of my favorite thing is is that <laughs> starts playing, but he, you know, like when you start any sports, he's losing. But some uh -huh. of the people that he's losing to, I find fascinating because he loses to an octopus who seems to have a lot of rackets. Tell us about <laughs> you at first in the book, yeah? Okay. Um, yeah, there was a lot of interesting creative characters that I created in this book. Um, there was a leopard, a, a Tampa Bay Ray, um, a stingray that he played um, squirrel, a golden retriever. So he played all kinds of animals and he actually also played an octopus with six tennis rackets. So, I mean, how can you beat that? I don't how know. can you beat that? You know, <laughs> six tennis rackets. I mean, that's like automatic. That's like Seems the machine unfair. gun. This is, that's not Blue fair. No, you think you had problems and I had problems getting there, but Lima Blue had some problems because when I see that octopus with six rackets, I'm thinking, well, maybe there's uh, <laughs> on the dolls and Pedro on the other side. Yeah, exactly. The uh, Leighton Hewitts and the uh, Keane Shakuris out there just uh, taking over the world. It's like a human wall, a human backboard. Oh my God. <laughs> I love those characters, and I, and I like the way uh, also in the book where he comes up and to meet the coach. There's a lot of good life experience, you know. You always think about, well, uh, you know, you work with somebody, but what is their first experience with you, and, 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 and how does that work, and how does that impact them, right? In this case, he comes to be a world champion, you know? Yeah, Trust me, exactly. I've run academies in Florida. I've had them coming from every single country, every meeting about parents arriving in America and they want their kids to be the next Maria Sharapova mm -hmm. or Pete Sampras. So, so it's, uh, but it becomes a story of life and making differences and it becomes a story of putting them in college and I've literally put dozens and dozens of kids in college, whether it's the team captain at Yale, 
whether it's matching somebody in a smaller school like Swarthmore, whether it's putting them in LSU, any major school matching their education and their life skills of schools. And um, number one player at Duke, uh, and, and those guys get hired by Goldman Sachs. But different people move into different phases of life. They become lawyers. Some just become tennis coaches. Uh, but yeah, so the, the, that's why this sport and this whole thing is so big and, and, and this book opens up a lot of avenues. I just never want to play an octopus. That's all I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not. So, um, John, when you are coaching kids, what are the most important basic things if you have that kid in your hands what are the most important basic things you want to make sure every kid gets who is under your teaching well i think the first experience is very important i i, I think you've got to make sure that you get them com obviously comfortable out there but you got to get them where they're having fun and you've got to do things that are progressive and you have a cumulative effect in the sense that Yes, teach them the hard skills, but then also move on to some body skills that they can feel success right away. Uh, make sure they play some fun games. Uh, and one of the keys in coaching is you have to understand, don't have one method of coaching. You've got to work really hard at looking at 10 kids. I think God gave me the skill to look at 10 kids and I can see their personalities and I can feel their personalities. And I don't mind if they're ADD. I don't mind if they have some problems because as long as I have the skill to recognize those things that I can help them and improve them, uh, don't expect them all to be the same. Be patient with them. And there's one thing you can't fool. If you don't love coaching and if you don't have the right mindset and, and loving coaching those kids, they know. And they're going to remember that. So... Uh, how you present yourself and, you know, how you work with them through the lessons on the court, which a lot of times their mothers didn't train them too well because they're busy today. And so you got to get them organized. you got to teach them how to follow instructions. you got to keep them lined up. Uh, and so a lot of times you have 10, 12 kids out there, maybe less now with COVID. So, it's uh, yeah, it's a process of you either love this or you're probably not going to succeed. You know? mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And then um, Kipling, you're, um, with your books, you said you had a lot of struggles growing up, even though you felt like you had a lot of opportunity, you had a yeah. lot of um, resources, but yes. you still struggled. So when you're in your book, what are the things that you're teaching that you think will help other kids who are struggling with self-esteem or with, with those type of issues? Um, one thing I would definitely say is that I had some personal challenges growing up. Um, I, I'm biracial. I was raised in an American family and my parents got divorced when I was nine years old. My mom got remarried at 11 when I was 11. Um, so there was a lot of issues and I was a lot of searching for acceptance and a lot of confusion. But what I want to tell all those kids out there or just even adults, anyone who's just got an identity issue or worrying or struggling is to make sure that you 
are honest with it, that you're real with it. Maybe just face it, you know, just admit it. Um, be real to yourself. Be true to thine own self. To thine own self, be true. And um, it's key to life. And uh, I think when, um, you know, um, I was also, I'm sorry, I was also diagnosed with um, ADHD, attention deficit hyperactive disorder, and I depression and bipolar. And I've taken medication for those for just about all of my life on and off. And um, I'm also been faced with um, accepting family circumstances that are just a challenge, living life on life's terms, things that are out of my control completely. But um, another key factor, one of the most important things in my life where I really did something about it is I used to drink and I stopped. I stopped drinking and that turned my life around for the better. It ultimately, I'm so thankful for the opportunity to be able to have been in, almost be in that situation to where I can share part of my story with someone else who may be struggling out there or struggling, whatever the variable might be. Mm -hmm. And so basically I began practicing a more spiritual, spiritual way of life um, where I would do some meditation and some quiet time in the morning and quiet time in the afternoon um, and, and in, before I go to bed as well. So the message would be to really tune into yourself, tune into yourself, take the time, you owe it to yourself to be true to thine own self, be true. And you can help yourself in amazing ways and you can help other people by being true to yourself and sh sharing vulnerabilities and just being open-minded and maybe having a different outlook on life than you did before. You know, I just wanna see a big change in our country globally. And I just want to be, see a big change for the better. And I'll do everything I can to have that happen. Yes. And I feel that passion. So thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Yeah. 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 So just to enlighten people a little bit more, when you're having your quiet times or your meditations, what is your experience? If someone else was going to try that, who's they've never done that before, what is what have been your experience and how has that enhanced your life? Well, um, I've uh, I, like I said, um, I, I was an I'm an empath, so I feel emotions pretty pretty rigorously or raw, if you will, sometimes. But um, basically, I just close my eyes as I'm doing now and just be quiet and I listen for maybe a sound, whether it could be a car going outside or a dog barking, even. Um, I just concentrate on a few sounds and I just try and tune out everything. I try to um, de, de or I'm not sure what the word is I'm looking for. I try to reboot. I try to reboot myself emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and in a very healthy and functional way. Because um, that's key. Um, I've had some experiences um, where I've had almost sort of out-of-body experiences, um, but just more or less where I would see a um, dark and light. You can see light and dark contrast, and it almost moves if you really focus on it. It's pretty interesting. Kind of makes shapes and things. It's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, so like the meditation, you can really. What I say, what I tell people, 
um, is when you pray, you're praying to God and maybe asking for things, but when you're meditating, you're listening for those answers from God, for, from the stars above. I love that. Thank you so much. You. I, I could really yes. feel that and um, mm. understand more now you hear so many people talk about well i meditate and she's like whoa what do you mean so thank you yeah for that. Yeah. 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 yeah my yeah. pleasure and i wanted to ask um john um john um as we've been talking you have mentioned god several times about having direction from god um what does your faith have to do with everything um is your faith really important in your life and in your coaching well i think that's Really everything, right? I mean, uh, I don't start a day with either a church service or reading my Bible. I, I just, I'm extremely healthy. So I start every day just thanking God for health, you know, and, and, yeah. and grateful for another day. Uh, and, and uh, you know, because uh, if you don't wake up and you don't live in Miami, you can enjoy the fresh air and you can enjoy the simple things. Uh, then life becomes complicated, you know. So, yeah, the, I believe in, in God. I believe in the fact that I'm going to live forever. But that I have a responsibility here, that I have to live my life in a certain way. I have to live by example and, and, and definitely, definitely for the kids, uh, but also with adults. I've, uh, I've, got, to, I've got to be different. I, I, I have to live in the mindset of making a difference. And one of the things I'm excited about is our foundation because I can, I'm already helping uh, kids in Africa, making champions. But yes, my faith is everything. Uh, God has to be number one. Uh, that doesn't mean I don't have a lot of flaws and I don't have things that I have to battle. I, I battle with myself all the time, you know. And, um, but I use uh, fitness to keep me healthy and because I feel like as long as I'm moving and and running the beach and doing different things, uh, it helps me stay centered. And I do a lot of my meditating when I'm, you know, on the beach working out. And I like to work out when it's 90 degrees, so I'm a little different than most. <laughs> but that's where I can say thank you, God, for the sun. Thank you for the fresh air. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, But most importantly, if I walk to the beach, uh, I always try to maybe help a little bit of the homeless, thinking about making a difference, mm -hmm. you know. Small differences sometimes make big results. Yeah. Well, it's very you know, it's, uh, what my life is centered around, you know? Exactly. Now, now you mentioned your foundation in Africa, you said. you want to talk well, about that? Because I don't think we talked much about that yet. Force TV launched uh, a foundation, and it's obviously a multi-sport foundation, uh, you know, and the idea is that we... Uh, on my board is Jilton D'Amato, and Jilton actually just flew in here tonight, and I sent them a message, don't knock on the door, because I'm sure they're going to be arriving here from the plane, but um, Jilton is also another incredible story, one of the top volleyball coaches in the world, volleyball now the largest sport, you know, he's from Brazil, grows up there, his mom dies, um, his uh, sister dies, and Lily, their family turned around, save a village. So his story, we have a blog on Sportsnet TV. So he's the co-founder of the uh, foundation and, and with myself and also Kieran Dwyer, the CFO of Sportsnet TV. And 
the goal is eventually to be able to help people globally in every country. We already started in several African countries. And like I said, I've already launched my program, Making Champions in Africa. So uh, I'm very excited about the foundation because, again, that's a tool to help kids. That's a tool to get education to people that don't have the money. And, uh, you know, I'm not 19 years old, so I'm hoping that that will be one of the things maybe if I leave a legacy uh, that I made a difference on a global level, you know, but that's really forgot to decide, you know, I'm happy doing basic things in Miami. Yeah? Beautiful, beautiful. So I'd like to ask you a personal question. What gives you the most happiness and fulfillment in your life? I think helping people. Hmm. And I think God gave me a skill whether I have, uh, whether it's Kiplin, able to analyze Kiplin, and I can see where he's coming from and, and feel him. So I can feel Kiplin and then being able to work with him. Um, whether it's a kid on the tennis court, whether it's a really good player on the tennis court, whether I'm literally walking to the beach, I talk to a lot of people because I can feel the people. And if you can speak to the people, then you have a chance you know, to, to help them. But for me, if I can help people and make it, put obviously on the tennis side, it was about taking kids and putting them into college, matching their educational skills with the school, their tennis skills, giving them the ticket to get there and creating life skills for them. And But that's on a bigger scale when you put, you know, dozens and dozens of kids into major school. But on a day-to-day basis, basis is I'm willing to help anybody you know, sports TV is uh, free anytime, anywhere, in any country in the world. And I'm willing to help anybody anywhere where I can. And it's within, you know, uh, my ability. All right. Well, thank you so much. And Kipling, I wanted to ask you that same question. What gives you the most happiness and fulfillment in your life at this point? Well, it's really, um, it's taken myself out of the equation and just having higher powers or God work through me to help other people. Um, It's the same answer as John, it's helping others. And um, whether it's getting a message out or through a a children's book and someone feeling really great and amazing and wanting to go out and conquer their goal um, after they read the book, or whether it's, you know, someone getting a baseball scholarship to a division one college um, it's just a matter of um, being of service, being of service and trying to help people. Um, and I'm really more committed in my life now than I ever have been um, to how much I do want to help people. And I know I could do it through a one-on-one basis. And that's how I do it now, one-on-one with each individual I meet. But um, I, I also started um, public speaking as well. Um, I never really did the public speaking um, officially. Uh, I did I did a session with the Boys and Girls Club. Nevertheless, uh, as a speaker, I'm pretty much in the beginning stages, but um, I wanted to help people on a large scale and just get rid of, if I could do, ultimately, if I just could get rid of all negativity and replace it with positivity, that's what I would do. <laughs> I almost wore a yin and yang tie today for the occasion. <laughs> Uh-huh. Really nice, really nice. Yeah. So okay. yeah, so thank you. And, and public speaking is a great way to get your message out. And 
you know, it's great yeah. to go and get training and I've had lots of training in public speaking, but when it yeah. comes right down to it, yeah. if you have a guy or a woman standing on a stage and they got a mission and they just open up their heart and let the words come from their heart out their mouth, everybody's yeah. going to listen. I don't care yeah. if you're an orator or not. If you have that passion and those people know that you're there to give them something to enhance their lives, they don't yeah. care how you say it. They don't care That's if you have a strong beautiful. accent and they can hardly understand you. They don't care because they yeah. feel the love. They feel the care. Yes. And, you know, I just yes, I am very excited for you to go out and start speaking your message. Yeah, that's a wonderful message for you to share with me. And it's encouraging and really inspires me. So thank you very much. Yes, you're welcome. Yeah, so um, at this point, I uh, want to kind of summarize. Oh, oh. Did, did John want to say something? Oh, sorry. sorry. Go ahead. Do that. I probably that's very important. Um, you know, I feel like God provided a miracle with sports at TV. Because when I wrote my book, just like Tipton starting out, and you never know what's going to happen, and I'm shooting videos, but to wake up and have the world's largest free education and maybe be one of the best platforms for even athletes and coaches to come on is a massive opportunity. So I have to be humble and grateful, and I've got to use this platform because some days I reach a million people a day just on tennis. And where our multi-sport platform uh, is an opportunity to make a huge difference. Sports at TV with sports and being in every country, anywhere time, uh, is, is totally, literally a miracle that just an idea. And I'm hoping that Kipling, your book and what you do turn into a massive global thing because I feel like you have a lot to offer and a lot to say and what you're saying today Hmm. more important than today. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, John. That means a lot to me. And it's really special coming from you and hearing it from your perspective and angle. Um, we all have a responsibility in this world. And um, I feel like people are just guided to their, um, to their pathway. Like a lot of what Coach Eagleton was saying um, about just being directed by God or listening to God or letting God direct them. Um, I believe under, you know, more civil, ancient civil, civilizations, excuse me, since ancient civilizations, um, there's been many religions and they've all had stories of just um, ancestors and their forefathers, um, you know, seeing a starship coming down from the sky or whether it was Moses even in the, uh, um, the burning bush. Um, story. Um, there was a story of um, people getting information from higher levels of intelligence or sophistication. And so I'm not surprised by that. And um, I just think that's been around for a long time. And I feel like I feel like I'm being guided. I feel like people are being guided literally in multiple ways. Beautiful. Yeah. So um if people wanted to get your book or connect with you or have you as a speaker, what are all the ways they can connect with you or where they can find your, your books? Okay. Um, they can find my books on my lemurblue.com website, lemurblue.com. 
is the website. And for sale, uh, $9.99 gets an ebook for $9.99. And then you get a paperback for $14.99. And then you get a hardcover for $19.99. Um, and remember, there's always the QR codes in there and free tennis lessons with the book inside, which is a high value, I'm telling you. And ultimately, you, um, basically, most importantly, you get to improve your game. You get to improve your game. And that's key to life. And that's coming from a tennis coach like John. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. And yeah. um, John, where do we find Sports Ed TV? SportsEdTV.com. Uh, Sports Ed TV is everywhere. So you can just find us by putting SportsEdTV.com to go to the main site. Uh, or every sport, um, Sports Ed TV basketball. Um, has a uh, uh, Facebook, uh, they all have Instagrams, uh, they have, uh, you know, we're on TikTok, uh, we're on YouTube, we have content or media specialists in every sport that are running campaigns on all of the different, uh, you know, social media outlets, so you can find us in, in, in a lot of places. Um, but most importantly, it's easy to find us and, and we're hoping to become the trusted brand by providing in every sport, uh, in basketball, we have Mark Strickland, who played for the Miami Heat. Uh, we also have Tim Hardaway, who's done a great job for five-time All-Star in weightlifting. We have the Olympic weightlifting coach. In Taekwondo, we have world champions, European champions. So our goal is to find the best coaches and be the platform for them so that they can maximize their exposure globally, but more importantly, that provides free education anywhere, anytime in the world, and we're in every country. You know? And so I've got to say, be grateful for that, uh, because trust me, I'm really not a media guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God surrounded me by some really miracle people. You know? Yeah, and that is wonderful. And that's the important thing to remember that we really can't do anything by ourselves. We can try, but if we ever want to do something really big, really momentous, something that's going to change the world, we need yeah. a lot of people. We need a lot of connections and, and people who are have the same goals. Yes, indeed. And um, I just wanted to, to mention as well, um, I know John doesn't know my tennis playing background as much, but um, I did attend my education. I attended Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University, which is like a small, divi small division to college. Um, but they had an NAIA team in the top 25. And I played number seven on their tennis team. <laughs> wow. So I was probably like the summit of my tennis career. And, uh, but it was fun. And then. I saw you hit the ball. You can play tennis. I don't think yeah, yeah. I also was ranked 35 in Florida in the open level when I used to compete in my 20s. So that was a while ago. <laughs> yeah, really exciting. So I have one last question for both of you. Do you have, yep. have something else you wanted to say? Yeah, I forgot yeah. to mention where else they can find my book. Um, okay. They can also, anyone can also go to Amazon, just Amazon and pop in The Wonderful Adventures of Lemur Blue. The Wonderful Adventures of Lemur Blue, or my name, Kipling Sanders, and pop in the author, and they'll pop up, and you're free to buy it. I hope you do. Yeah, I <laughs> hope you all go and buy you'll, it. I'll you'll be, be rewarded. <laughs> you will be kindly rewarded. Right, peace. Amazing. Yeah. 
What was All your right. last question for so us? Here's the last question for each of you. What is your best advice on living an incredible, amazing life? After you, John. I don't know. I think, I mean, I think, you know, when you believe in God, you have a purpose, but you also have responsibility. I think that you, um, it's the you factor, right? Uh, and, and everybody says, well, I went to the you. The you factor is how do you wake up every day? You wake up feeling good. Do you perform at your best? I mean, do you start the day out by feeling ready to go? There's so many different things that doesn't matter. That's very, very important. Um, but I think you got to work on what you eat. I think you got to create a fitness workout and, and you have to create balance, you know, eat the right food. I mean, you can eat perfect food all the time. Make sure you work out, make sure you get exercise, make sure you do things that help you center your life. But I think it's important how you start the day out. You've got to start, for me, if, if I don't start in God's word, my everything starts going wrong mm -hmm. because I'm really not that perfect a guy, you know, I'm, but my flaw. So, yeah, I think you got to have balance and be good at, at, at all of those things, uh, the fitness, the nutrition, and do everything to help yourself and help other people. Great. Well, thank you so much, John. And what about you, Kipling? Um, basically, uh, important things are, um, I, I would put it into the phrase or the package of a tennis player. So the, again, as I said earlier, the tennis player has to learn discipline and responsibility, and they have to attain a high level of mental concentration and mental focus. Um, they have to be prepared to lose. If they lose, from you have to learn from your mistake. That's part of life. Um, as in life, we must work through mental situations and be able to uh, compete still, just like a player does on the tennis court. And through failure, um, one of my key messages would be through failure, uh, we can learn to succeed. And by example, if someone learns a new sport, um, unless they're just like awesome, um, and there's people who are gifted athletes and they get to the top really fast and they never lose. But um, for, for the average person, um, they don't get to the top, they lose um, a few times before getting to the top or reaching that pinnacle or the summit of their game. So, um, all the time, unless they're gifted, people have to attain a level to master the game. And it takes some time to develop. It takes muscle memory. It takes mental toughness to elevate the game or life, whatever it may be, um, on a high level. And as a coach, he always or she always has a responsibility to effectively communicate any message they want to the player and to give them a, even a key motivational pep talk um, when they need it. And so that's just my two cents on the matter. <laughs> All right. Well, I love your two cents. Thank you so much, Kipling. Thank, Thank you so much, You're John. Welcome. Thank you so and much. And I hope Can, you I, can I hold my book up? Can I hold my book up? Yes, please. All right. Buy this at Amazon.com or LemurBlue.com. The Wonderful Adventures of Lemur Blue. Thank you so much, Dr. Kimberly Lambert, for Leonard, for allowing us to come on your show. Really You're appreciate welcome. it. Welcome. All right. Thanks, Kipling. Thank you, John. Thank you so much. I'll talk Peace to you. Peace be with you.
Okay, thank right. you.